The Hard Shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Now, at this time, on every Monday show, we have a relationships item. And, as you know, Stephanie is away, so it's a pleasure to welcome back to the uh, hot seat uh, Professor Brendan Kelly, our good friend, Professor of Psychiatry at TCD and the author of the book The Doctor Who Sat for a Year, which may sound bizarre. It actually was his own journey of experimentation with meditation and who sat there in the quietness. And apparently it's a fantastic journey. But today we want to talk about the issue of commitment phobia. By the way, if you have a query, do email us at thehardshoulder at newstart.com or text us at 53106. We'll keep it and we'll answer it on air. OK, how do you define commitment phobia? Well, commitment phobia is when a person has little difficulty establishing a relationship, generally a romantic relationship is where this becomes problematic, and they can sustain it for a while, but they're unable to either commit to it exclusively or commit to it for a longer period. So no difficulty making the relationship and sticking with it for a little while, but enormous difficulty foregoing other possibilities or sustaining it over the longer term. Over Are we talking years. more men or women here? It appears to be more men that have, have a problem with this. Men don't particularly have a problem with it. It's often it's the women who have the problem with <laughs> yes. the men who have the commitment <laughs> yes, phobia. I get that, yes. Um, but yes, it is more common among men for reasons that are not entirely clear, although uh, one might speculate that uh, there might be evolutionary reasons for well, it. Well, back up the bus here a second. I mean, is it the norm, you know, you know, there's a saying that monogamy is only for swans. You know what I mean? That actually, you know, there are some... Animals, you know, you have one ram to about 40 yos. You know what I mean? Like I could go through different species. Is the human designed for him and her or him and him forever? Certainly some humans appear to be designed for monogamy, but not all humans. It would be wrong to say that somebody with commitment phobia is necessarily doing something wrong. They may simply not be built for longer term relationships. Oddly, Ah. sometimes people are distressed by their own commitment phobia and that's a different thing. But if there are people who are not willing to have long-term relationships and they're not particularly troubled by it and provided they're open about it, it shouldn't necessarily be a problem. Well, so if you, Professor Brendan, decide I'm a commitment phobic, is that down to nature or nurture? Was I born to be wired that way or is it something that has happened in my life has made me distrustful that I won't want to get hurt again? Well, it's mainly nurture. It appears to be to do with your early attachment style. Children very, very young have different styles of attachment. So, for example, there is secure attachment, whereby a child might be with a parent and when the parent goes in the other room, the child is pretty okay. They know the parent will be right back. But then there is insecure attachment where the child cannot learn that lesson or at least doesn't learn it at the usual time. And there is anxious or avoidant attachment as well, which is when the parent is present physically, but is looking to the child to fulfill needs like the parent's narcissism, for example, might um, interfere with parenting. So these attachment styles are formed very young and they appear to affect relationships right into life. So somebody with an anxious attachment style might become commitment phobic because they're worried about committing too much to a relationship, which they fear will end. So they don't commit uh, at all and therefore have a series of unsatisfactory short relationships. That person wants to commit to relationships, but they're just too anxious. They have learned an anxious frame of mind and therefore they're, they're scared. That is fascinating. 
that is fascinating because I know of 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 a woman uh, who, as a, as as a, a child, went through this extraordinary period that she couldn't be without her mother in the same room. And if her mother went to Dublin or went anywhere, it would be a huge problem. And and is this treatable? Therefore, yeah. I mean, some people do get over this over time. They have a no. Series. She, 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 the, the, when the child she completely got over that. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That's not still the issue. And she's an adult. But could it? you know, transcend itself into a commitment yes. issue later in life. Well, it absolutely could. There's no doubt about that. And that's not to say that it always does. As with, sure. as with your friend, people can have a series of satisfying and what we'd call corrective emotional relationships, whereby a little later than other kids, they learn that someone who goes into the other room will return. Someone yeah. that goes on holidays will be back. And that people who might be emotionally distant for a period of time often return again. Learning that and knowing how much of that to tolerate happens quite young and if it doesn't happen well it can be corrected but not always. But, but, but a commitment phobic is that curable? Um, it's difficult to cure. People do change over time um, but it, it's difficult to actually cure it because it requires a whole lot of other things to be taken into account because people who don't commit to romantic relationships often commit to something else, possibly obsessionally. Like uh, if we take the example of some men, they mightn't mm. commit to rom- like single romantic relationships, but they, might, they mightn't miss a single match at Old Trafford, for example. So they're well able to commit to other things, uh, but they just don't want to commit to a human relationship, which they see as being less reliable than other kinds of relationships. OK, I have, I have, I have people who had rough divorces and some of them got married again and some of them I could tell you no matter how many romantic relations they would never get married again. Is it something that you become a commitment phobic if you get badly hurt yeah, in the you, previous relationship? That that can absolutely happen and it's hard to know is that commitment phobia or is that just very hard-nosed uh, the cost of a divorce, yeah. learning yeah. about life and that you don't want to go through go through that again. So that would So it might be realism, yeah. It could be totally correct. I mean and and there's nothing as you say to say that we are born everyone is born for a monogamous relationship all their lives and there are some people who don't want to be in relationships with other humans no, or with okay. anything at all. Okay, let's talk then about the people. Him and her are together. They're living together. They do everything together. They have kids together. But for some reason, he never asked her to marry him. And and they never get married. I think that is commitment phobia of a type. Or am I completely Stone Age caveman again? Oh, well, yes, obviously you are Stone Age caveman again. <laughs> as well as a psycho, doesn't yeah. need to be said. But, uh, of course, in, in that thing, she didn't ask him either to marry her. Do I no, she's keen. She's keen. Oh, she, she's keen. So did she ask him and he said no? No, no, no. Well, he, he, he just talked around it and about it and said we'll do it someday, but it never seems to come around. Well, that seems more like a difference of opinion because he is committed to the relationship, just not describing yes. the relationship in terms of formal marriage the way that she wants to describe the relationship. And that is a real issue in a relationship because the tradition of marriage and the institution of marriage is one of these ones that you think mightn't survive or shouldn't survive, but it does. It's an incredibly powerful statement of commitment that people value hugely. And of course, what's really going on is um, when someone says they will marry you and stay with you forever, they're not just saying they love you, but they are confirming that you are lovable, something that you are doubtful about. So uh, when you're kind of prodding someone into making a commitment to you, you're basically asking them to affirm that you are, in fact, a lovable human being. And not only that they love you, but that it's possible to love you. And uh, marriage serves an important psychological Sorry, you do function. all that just for external uh, accreditation almost? Absolutely, for, oh, for an endorsement. By, but, but the endorsement of other people is incredibly important. 
important to our self-image. Do you think? Absolutely. Ah, let the public go be damned. I mean, like, you're not going to live your life for the public. You're not going to get married to someone that you don't really love and want to share a home with and share co-parenting with just for the sake of the neighbours, for heaven's sake, or the rest of the wider family connection or whoever might else be listening or watching. Now, you're getting married for your own sake, ultimately. That's my point. Yeah, you're getting married because you want the affirmation that this other person will commit to loving you forever, will commit to this kind of extremely complex relationship and marriage with child rearing and having a home and having finances Mm. and so forth. And this confirms to you that you are lovable and you are worth hanging around. Someone's committing to do it for the rest of your life. How big a ticket item is that? And so far as in the order of uh, legally being entitled, you know, mm-hmm. the half share of the home, uh, the whole maybe a joint bank account, the whole issue of taking on the responsibility of parenting, taking on the commitments of in-laws, you know what I mean, to mind an elderly parent. All of those things are so much more fundamental to life and even companionship and things like that than people might think. You've given a series of rational reasons for getting married, logical ones, and that's broadly not how it works at all. People get married for impulsive reasons, irrational reasons, and they sometimes get married for something that's nothing to do with the list, but for love, because they love each other and that can transcend everything and overcome What's everything. That? What's oh. that on a, on, a, on a wet Tuesday in November, for heaven's sake? Right, so uh, are you for the ritual of marriage? Yeah, a lot of people find it incredibly important in their lives. And we, we saw that very much in the referendum a couple of years ago, um, where we brought in same-sex marriage. Marriage equality, yeah. Um, and what, what was interesting is the depth of belief in marriage that that showed, that this was such an important thing that but, everyone but, should have access uh, to it. Honestly, this is Ireland. We also wanted the safety valve of, we've just voted for quicker and quicker divorces. Sure, but we're getting more like realistic. With the same majority, sorry, even more people voted nearly 8 to, you know, 8 to 85 to 15 or whatever it was. But these are indicators of the same thing, which is moving toward a more flexible, realistic model of relationships. No, but if we're so in love with marriage, why mm. are we making it so easy to get out of it? Because we want to do it again and again and again. Do you think? Absolutely. I mean, we have a very low divorce rate here in Ireland. We have the lowest in Europe. Do you, do you have any uh, data that suggests how common uh, a commitment phobic might be. Like, is it 5% of the population? 50% of the population? Are there, there any data on that? There are no data on it um, at all. And it's a term that tends to be thrown around quite loosely sometimes for anyone who won't commit to a given thing. A phobia needs to be a persistent and recurring pattern of behaviour sure. such that if you don't do it, you get overwhelmed by anxiety and this results and, and in And if avoidance. someone's listening and say, I know Paddy and he's had... 14 different long-term relationships and none of them lasted beyond six months, right? Mm -hmm. And he's now sort of in his mid-40s and so on. Each time we thought this is it and it was never it. Should they go get help? Well, not necessarily. Like, would you would you say, Paddy? You know what? I was speaking to this guy Brendan, and uh, Brendan Kelly feels you know this is maybe something you should address in your life. No, I think uh, Paddy may indeed be commitment phobic, but that doesn't necessarily say he should address it. Paddy might be perfectly happy with this model of relationships. The problem is with the rest of us who think that he's doing something wrong. We should just leave him alone. Right. All right, I'll leave you alone now. All right, thank you so much. I do enjoy our little chats. Professor Brendan Kelly, who said, not only am I psycho, now I am an authentic, original caveman. Thank you so much, and we'll sometime talk about the book, The Doctor Who Sat for a Year. Thanks, Brendan, as always.